0: One of the ways I help clients take an idea to income is by helping them create a launch plan. So today I'm going to mentor you from afar and give you some ideas of how to structure a launch so that A, it's successful, and B, you can launch as quickly as possible without worrying about it being perfect in a way that doesn't hamper the quality of what you're offering. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast, I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored, and actionable ideas that you can mold to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. There are so many types of launch plans, live launches, evergreen systems, skinny launches, paid launches, all sorts. There's no way I can tell you which one is right for you through a podcast episode because it really depends on two things. Firstly, what you have the capacity to do. All types of launches are hard work. But where you place your time and energy depends on what works for you. And secondly, it often depends on your business and the thing you're launching. So if you want some help on this, just reach out. But in the absence of me being able to give you advice based completely on you and your business, I'll go through the five main stages that any launch should include. How you implement each step will depend on the type of launch you go for. So as always, I'll share lots of examples to give you ideas. The first thing you really want to be doing is making sure there's an appetite for what you're planning to launch. Now, this should be happening at the idea formation stage, not at the stage where you've mapped everything out and you're pretty much ready to go live. Because the one thing that stops so many great ideas from going live is the fear of what if no one buys this? Every business owner, especially educators, are prone to deciding what people want because they think it's a good idea then they launch and wonder why it didn't sell. So to avoid this, you need to check whether there is a demand and you can do it in a few different ways. I'll share a few ideas so you can think of something that would work for you. If you have a strong network and or existing client base who your new service or product would be good for, one of the easiest ways to check the strength of your idea is to share it with them. I did this with the mastermind. I launched it with just five founding members who were existing clients. I only publicly launched it once I felt we were out of that development stage. Some people call these beta launches and the great thing about this approach is that you can launch and start making money from your idea without it being completely finished. So you might have a final idea planned with lots of bells and whistles but you can still launch before everything you have planned is ready as long as it's at the stage that it's worth paying for. Another way is to mention it to to as many clients or people in your network as possible. You can run polls, you can mention it in discovery calls. When I considered hiring tutors, I mentioned it to every parent I spoke to so that I could gauge their reaction and find out their opinions. I didn't end up doing it, by the way, but within my client base, I could have because they were interested. When I was forming the idea for the mastermind I mentioned it in loads of client one-to-one sessions to get their feedback and actually it was invaluable because my initial idea of it being a self-paced course wouldn't have worked and their feedback helped me change it completely. If however you don't have any or many clients then inviting people to something like a free or paid trial could work well too. If you do that, have a process in place where they confirm that they're being offered this free or discounted trial in exchange for their time in giving feedback. You could also create a bit of a buzz around your new launch by talking about the idea through your marketing and just collecting names and email addresses of people who are interested. Think of it like a waiting list. Now, I'll be honest, this one can be a bit hit and miss because at this stage, you might not be ready to release the cost of your new service or product. So lots of people might sign up with the mentality that they aren't committing to anything because they don't know the cost and the details yet. But still, it can give you a signal as to whether there is a demand for it. So moving on to my second stage, let's assume you've received some feedback and it's given you the confidence to make changes that you know will make your service or product more appealing. Depending on which method you used, you'll either have your finished service or product ready or you'll still be finalising it. Either way, before you go live, it's a good idea to create a buzz around it and even better if you can line up some clients in advance. Before I launched my podcast, I spoke about it for about two weeks on social media and I was getting a really good response. When I went live, my first couple of episodes got an overwhelming number of listeners, which by the way is really common with a podcast and then it declined a little. But it took about six weeks of being consistent to start seeing those numbers grow and continue growing. And this process of creating a buzz around it and then launching really helped me use the listener numbers to tell me what kind of topics people liked and which ones weren't so popular. Before I launched the mastermind, because I went with the method of inviting some founding members, I already had testimonials to share, so I was able to launch from a place of people trusting that this would be a worthwhile investment. I had already mentioned it to other clients and in discovery calls and had actually formed a waiting list through it, so I had a list of people who had expressed interest in being told when it was live. The point is, you want to start making money as quickly as possible from your ideas so that it doesn't just sit on the shelf collecting dust, and so that you have the funds to reinvest to make your service or product even better. My phase one launch of the mastermind was cheaper than what it is today, and it just included the live mastermind sessions. Once I started delivering bonus training and other perks, I increased the price and moved on to phase two, and so on. My third phase is to plan the logistics. Although I've labelled this as stage three, really this has to happen at whichever point you start charging people. Because if people are paying money, no matter how much or how little, they need to have a smooth and professional experience. And you can only do that if you have all the logistical elements in place. What logistics means to you depends on what you're launching. But I'll tell you what I needed to have in place for some of my launches. When I first launched group tuition, I needed an LMS, a learning management system in place so that I could host all the recorded sessions for people who missed lessons to share resources and to have a joined up process of taking payments that automatically enrolled students as well. Now, I could have done this in a cheaper way through many workarounds, but I decided to invest so that I didn't have as much admin to do and to provide people with a really professional experience. My LMS of choice, by the way, is Thinkific, and the link to create a free account is in the show notes. Now, I'm a fan of automation, so I also use Thinkific to host the mastermind and my 100 content prompts. And in both cases, I have it connected to my email marketing platform. I use ConvertKit and again, I've shared the link to create a free account in the show notes. Now, this meant that when people joined, I could go beyond sending them the standard welcome email. For group classes, I used to set up an automatic sequence in ConvertKit that reminded them that the current block was coming to an end and to give them the link to book the next block of sessions. For the Mastermind, I have automated and live emails to check in with people, help them between sessions and give them important updates. I also have a joined up process of onboarding new students. I've talked in past episodes about what I do for my tutoring business and I'll share the link to a detailed episode about it in the show notes. In short, when a new student starts with me, they complete a short registration form. That automatically gets sent to my accounts package to set them up as a new customer Then I set up a recurring invoice and send them my welcome pack. So however you do it, you want to have a process in place that reduces your admin, not just so that you can work efficiently, but so that you can reduce the chances of making a mistake or not getting back to people in time. And when you do this in a planned way, you also give people a professional experience. And this is a huge element of attracting and retaining clients. Imagine if you bought something and didn't receive something as simple as a receipt or a confirmation email. That happened to me recently when I joined a business coaching group and it made me lose trust from the start, which colored my opinion about how good it was going to be. Now, my fourth stage is to actually do a live test. Now, although I've called this a fourth stage, it can really go in between other stages. So it's up to you where you place this. How you do it depends on what you're launching. So before I publicly launched my 100 content prompts, I gave it to two clients who came from different backgrounds completely for free, and I just asked for their feedback. One of them suggested me adding some explainer videos to show how to use the connection style prompts and the sales prompts, which I added before I properly launched these prompts. As you know, I also ran a paid test of the mastermind before launching it publicly. Now, I'm not spending ages on this test phase because I've already talked about a lot of ideas. But what I will say is that this test phase is really important, in my opinion, partly because it reduces the pressure of making everything perfect from day one, but also because it makes your service or product much stronger because you're using real feedback from real clients. And my fifth phase is to create an agile process for ongoing development. I'm molding this concept from project management work that I did in a previous life, whereby you have a process, after going live, that allows you to periodically develop your product or service and have mini launches for each one. I'll explain what I mean because I've tailored this to education businesses in particular. When you have an evergreen service or product, which is where you sell it all year round rather than having specific enrollment periods, A great way to keep it fresh for your audience is to periodically release little updates or additions and treat them as mini launches. So over the lifetime of the tutor's mastermind so far, I started with the live mastermind sessions and I gave people access to the recordings. Then I launched a second and cheaper membership where people could just join to watch the videos. I treated that as a mini launch. Then I released my 100 content prompts and offered members a special discount another mini launch then it was the bonus training in between sessions you get the picture basically instead of launching everything in one go i staggered the release of each one and treated each as a mini launch and this needs to be planned beforehand and that's why it goes in your launch plan now the good thing about including this in your launch plan is that firstly it gets you up and running much faster than waiting till everything's done But also, it's a great way of experimenting slowly with what works and what doesn't. For instance, if I had launched with the live mastermind sessions and the bonus training in between those sessions in the format that I had originally thought of, it would have overwhelmed people. Now, the only reason I know that is because when I started the mastermind, we would tackle a different topic every session and people found that overwhelming. So now we spend entire months on single topics so that they have time to really get into it. So instead of adding to that overwhelm with bonus training, I use that training to enhance what they're already learning. Rather than it being overwhelming, it's a support. There's a very subtle difference but it serves to make the mastermind stronger in a way that I know will work for the members. And the only way I know that is because I didn't start with everything from day one. I was able to see what was working, what wasn't, and then make really informed decisions. Remember, it's really hard to take things away from paying clients. They feel short-changed, even if it's better for them. But it's easy to add things as time goes on. So there you have five stages of launching something new. And as you can tell, they aren't linear. The order in which you go through them or how you execute them depends on what you're launching and decisions that you have made along the way. Creating a launch plan can be and should take time. It shouldn't be a quick five steps because you want to get it right and make sure it's completely suitable for what you're launching and sustainable for you as well. So here's a quick summary of everything I covered today. And if you want something really tailored, just reach out and we'll do this together. My first phase was to confirm there's a demand for what you're offering before you invest too much time and money into making it a reality. That way, you can even line up paying customers before you go live. The second phase was to think about how you could actually create a phased launch into your plan so that you can launch without everything being completely ready. The third was to have all your logistics in place. This is definitely something worth investing in. I know it's scary to spend money before you start making money from an idea, but since it goes a long way to gaining client trust, it's really worth it. The fourth was to think about how you can do a mini launch so that you can iron out any creases before offering your new service and product to everyone. And the fifth was to have a plan of how you can release small updates over time to keep your service or product fresh for ongoing clients and new ones. And when you release them, you can treat each one as a mini launch. Thank you as always for listening. If you have a moment, I'd love for you to leave a quick review and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.